You're listening to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we firmly believe that love is the answer and we are spreading it like wildfire. You're invited to come spend time with us in authentic connection, growth, reflection, and celebration. Life coach, author, and speaker, Abigail Gazda, will be sharing amazing humans living their hearts unleashed to inspire you to do the same. You will hear from men, women, and young people from all industries sharing their insights and inspiration as they have paved their way to their fullest lives. Here at the Hearts Unleashed podcast, we are turning dreamers into doers. So if you are ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, you are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Here's your host, dreamer, educator, and adventurer, Abigail Gazda. All right, guys, you are listening to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, and today is such a special day. I am bringing someone who is so near and dear to my heart, and this is Kristen Baker. She is a women's coach, a professional coach who is really empowering mamas and women to have it all and live fulfilling lives and careers and motherhood and wifehood. And she has, I have known Kristen for three years. Three years now? That's all? Three or four years. Right. It feels like a lifetime, but um, I have known Kristen for three years now. We went through our coach training program together, and who Kristen is, is a (laughs) – what was the acknowledgement from – remember when you just sent me? (laughs) Yeah. I think it was a potty-mouthed, hair-flipping superhero. Yes. That's exactly what she is. This woman comes crashing through doors, busting both of them open, hands out, whipping her hair around, letting you know who she is because that's, whether she does it physically or not, that's who her presence is. And she is just an absolute miracle. And she runs, I'm going to have her share some of her programs with you guys, but she really works with women specifically and empowers them to understand the divine feminine, loving heart, the genuine leader that they are, and empowers them to step into that in really one-on-one situations and group settings. And we are often on the call really empowering each other. And we were having this really stellar conversation yesterday and decided it must be on the podcast. It must come to the hearts of you guys. So we're going to jump in about that today and share a little bit about what it looks like to be the powerful leader that you are. But I just want to start by saying thank you for being here, Kristen. Oh my God, my pleasure. It's kind of funny that it's been this long that we haven't done this yet. <laughs> I know. I feel like we should just re- record most of our phone calls coaching one another and be like, let's just publish this stuff to the podcast. Yes, I could not agree more. And so I'm happy to have you here. Happy to have you sharing your heart with our hearts here on the podcast because I just kind of want to start with the conversation that we were in yesterday about women because if we deal with this, guys, and this is the conversation we were having, is if we deal with this, we got to know others that deal with this, which is us not always relating to ourselves as the leaders that we are. So Kristen, I would love for you to share your perspective and what you've seen in this light. Well, first, there's one very quick thing I have to say, which is um, I'm so excited to be here and that I just haven't had a chance to tell you. So I'm going to answer your question, I swear. (laughs) I just believe so wholeheartedly in you and what you're doing and um, the name of your business, Hearts Unleashed, it's so, it is so who you are. And I just, I really appreciate that your goal is to open people's hearts and it's so simple. And I think that's what's so impactful about it. And so um, I'm thrilled to be a part of that journey and having watched you unleash your heart across all of, how many countries are you in now? 16, yeah. (laughs) countries. Watch out, world. Here she comes. Oh, yeah. Um, It's a total joy, and I'm so glad we get to do our life together. So thanks Mm. for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So the conversation we were having yesterday, um, I guess on a high level, what we were talking about was imposter syndrome. Mm. And I don't remember what question exactly you asked me, but I remember that um, we were laughing, both of us, about how we push ourselves out of our comfort zone to bring our services to the people that need them. And then we question ourselves about whether we're qualified to do so. (laughs) And I thought to myself, you know, having a group 
coaching program for empowered leaders and watching Abigail, who is like working with CEOs and she's like, how can I coach CEOs if I'm not one? That's actually what you said, I think. And I died laughing because again, your friend, of course I can see it over here about you. Uh It's not as easy to see about me, Uh but it was so interesting. I was like, dude, you are a CEO. I was so inspired after that, that I wrote another post about it because I know what I was talking about was this structure, which is what we get locked into is if I'm not a CEO where the external validation, really, that social proof that we're leaders because we're leaders of our lives. We're CEOs of our families and our businesses. And yet when our business, like specifically that inner critic says like, Oh, who are you or what are you to do that? And we then don't feel as powerful as we like actually are performing out in the world because we're not the CEO with the pants suit and the front of the table (laughs) at the business meeting. (laughs) Right. And it was so amazing listening. Well, of course, knowing you and me hearing from you that you're not a CEO, an honest answer. I was like, what? Of course you're a CEO. You're the owner of a company. You have various people on your team. You own a podcast. You've written books. You write, you're ghostwriting other books. And I thought to myself, this is the same conversation I'm having with me. Yes. How can I go and coach leaders when I'm no longer in leadership, quote, I'm doing air quotes right now. I wish people could see me right now. Um, I like to talk with my hands a lot, but that's just, I thought that was so interesting because of course, Abigail's questioning herself where as I relate to you, how can you possibly not think of yourself as a CEO is what I was thinking. Yeah. And then I thought, I bet she's about to say the same exact damn thing to me. Yep. (laughs) It was because you called my ass out and I could not stop laughing about it because I'm like, yeah, back at you. Like what the hell? (laughs) And that's where the whole idea of this podcast came from because we thought, well, hold on. So that, I think right after that, I was like, wait a minute. You know, I basically took my own advice and turned it back and used it on myself and was like, if I've got 12 years of intense leadership experiences in which I led huge teams of people, did like crazy amounts of hiring, personal development, coaching, workshops, like of humans in corporate America. And then I have two years at accomplishment coaching, which was by far the most intense leadership kind of experience I've ever had in my life. And now I'm the owner of my own business and an entrepreneur. And if you're not going to call that leadership, well then damn, I don't know what is. And I'm questioning myself if I'm qualified to lead these groups, then that's the conversation we need to be bringing to the people that we're coaching. Mm -hmm. Because if we're questioning ourselves as leadership with all that, like quote unquote proof, Mm -hmm. then so are they. Yeah. Yes. And you know, this is so beautiful because the, what really came up for me was the structure versus abstract or concrete versus abstract, because your past tells you you're highly successful. You know how to make massive amounts of money. You know how to do this, this, that, and the other lead groups, lead leaders. And same here, like coach, teacher, manager, consultant, like the list goes on. And yet we have done something that many don't do. And this is really what I want the the listeners to get to pick up on is this new realm of leadership that's happening, the consciousness rising in the world. And so structure doesn't look the same anymore, or like structure isn't the thing anymore. This highly masculine um, goal at leadership isn't exactly what's going, it's not sustainable at this point the tides are rising and everything's starting to shift. And so where we are in our business, and I w- I'm so excited to have the listeners hear this because I don't know about you and I'd love for you to share your examples, but when I get on the call with somebody and they, I'm talking about who they're being and more freedom and power and self-expression because when I'm talking about their time to shine, it's like, who are you really? And that doesn't fit in a structure It's a very abstract conversation and we are so conditioned to fit in a box and tell you what it looks like in the dotted list and this and that, that when we flow into something that doesn't have walls, it gets really weird. (laughs) Um, So 
I'd love for you to share your example, because for me, that weirdness is something just new to navigate. It's not something that we can't be with. It's just a, it's a new relationship to self and mm-hmm. growth. What do you experience in that? Oh, I love this question so much. Um, and I believe that my experience of it is expanding what's possible in my mind. So, um, you know, we do a lot of studying of consciousness and this is like something I'm really having on my mind right now, listening to Eckhart Tolle and his new earth podcast with Oprah right now. And that typically how we define ourselves in the world is by our career or by who we are to someone else. Mm-hmm. And so I guess like for me, once I became an entrepreneur and can no longer define myself as a leader in a corporate environment where I was given a role of manager or of lead something or other, you know, like that all of the sudden meant that I had to choose leader. Someone didn't give it to me anymore. Mm. And it's my choice to choose it every day. Also, like that who we are is not defined by what we do is the thing I think that you're talking about without the walls. Mm-hmm. It's actually like, who I am as a leader, regardless of what I'm actually doing and who I'm, that's like, I can't help doing that. I can't help being a leader. It would be out of alignment with me, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's perfect because we all have leadership tendencies where that we are the leaders of our lives. And so when we're really stepping into power, I mean, we've been told so much to follow suit, listen up, this, you know, whatever that may be. And so when now in a new world where it is becoming more like, well, what do you say? And who are you? Like there are grown people getting on these phone calls to like, you know, interested in coaching or interested in consciousness or the work saying like, oh my God, I've never been asked that. Or seen. Yes. Like they've been seen, but they don't know what other people see. And then when you actually reflect, like, I, I see you, mm-hmm. not, not you as mother or you as wife or you as, you know, corporate America CEO or you as entrepreneur, I see, I see, I see your magic, like the amazing light that you bring into a room. Like that's difficult for people to be with when you're just starting mm. that conversation, because it's like that conversation is not what we're talking about in normal day-to-day conversation. Yes. And tell us your journey, your conversation with yourself as you've shifted from that mom, that wife, that job, that title into this fully embodied the way I see you as a goddess, but this fully embodied like mother, it's maternal. It's not mom. It's maternal, you know, like tell us about your journey. Thanks. I was totally flipping my hair there. Uh-huh. When she I, was- <laughs> I was like, thanks. Thank you. I know. Just kidding. So you want to know like my story? Yeah. Tell it. Yeah. So my story is um, around, I guess it was like probably summer of 2015. I was living in St. Louis with my husband and my two-year-old daughter. And I had been back at work. Um, for under a year. After I had her, I stayed home for six months. It was amazing. Um, And what I had noticed just in my career is that I was having a really hard time enrolling myself in what I was up to. Like where my whole life, I related to myself as like the one, I was a go-getter, you know, like always wanted the next biggest job, straight A student in, in high school, you know, like all of those sorts of, that's who I was. Push, push, push be the most successful. Um, And then when I went back to work, I couldn't find that drive. And I discovered that my priorities had shifted. On the other realm, I wasn't very happy living in St. Louis with my two-year-old and my husband. Not that I wasn't happy, but I was seven out of 10 happy. I was happy enough. And I was covering up my unhappiness with gratitude. I was feeling like it was too much for me to ask to be like just totally out of this world happy. I was really lucky. I was blessed. I had a great house. I had a great husband. I had a great daughter, but um, I was exhausted and I didn't have time with them. And um, I didn't, I wasn't getting the fulfillment that I was needing in order to leave my child with someone else day to day. So I was like, okay, I got to make a change here. And so I, you know, began my journey to becoming a coach. And that basically, I just made this analogy this morning. You'll love this. It like turns you inside out like a sock. Yeah. On the inside of that sock, there's like lint and hair and some loose threads and all sorts of crap. 
<laughs> There's stuff in there. <laughs> but it became really apparent to me that I was just getting by and that that was not doing anyone any good. And so I picked up my family and moved across the country to live next door to my parents and down the street from my brother. And um, I got the community, the support that I wanted, the fulfilling career that I wanted. Um, I get to make my own schedule. And it was very important to me to be available for my daughter. And the um, one other thing I got out of this, which I actually kind of didn't expect is that by becoming an entrepreneur, I can support my husband in his day-to-day. He now works from home, which he loves, which we never would have thought possible if we had stayed in St. Louis. Yes. But I can support him um, in a way I get to. Like, I get to make dinner. I actually like cooking. So, like, the super powerhouse woman is me is like, little wifey, no cook dinner. But the other mm. part of me is like, I love cooking. Yeah. <laughs> I need to cook. Yeah. I like it. I also get to pick up my daughter and drop her off every day because I want to. Mm. And I get to read her bedtime stories. I'm not at work until 9 p.m. So like on the other end of this, I didn't know how it was going to work out when I left my job with no clients and started my business like a crazy animal. But it worked out real well. (laughs) And I love it. I love my life now. Um, I get to be on a phone call with you in my really gorgeous office in the middle of the day with my dog snoring on the bed behind me. Oh my God. I love it. And you guys, you don't get to see it. I'll try to post a picture, but she just showed me her new like inspiration wall too. And I just, oh, it's so beautiful. And really I've gotten to watch this transformation and it's been poetic, honestly, because what <laughs> you're sharing, first off, I can imagine you're speaking to every mother everywhere about Mm -hmm. this transition that happens and your priorities shift like and not in a negative like oh it doesn't need anything anymore it's just this natural shift like this Mm -hmm. your love your capacity for love the focus of your life the miracle the presence being present to the miracle of life and the gift that it is and so like I really picked up on all of that that you shared in that transition now something that I wanted to share in there, like gem, 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 one after the other, but I want to speak to the seven of 10 happy. The fact that you're not you when you're not all of you. Yes. I love that. Speaking about um, hearts unleashed, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we, Mm -hmm. we really have been trained to settle for good enough Mm-hmm. And then yeah. also, ooh, this is a, the same side of the opposite, uh, opposite side of the same coin, whatever, <laughs> is that we're not okay with receiving such abundance. Yes. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Right. That's, yeah. oh, wow, Abigail, I was not expecting you to say that at all. And you just like nailed that one. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. A, I wasn't expecting, I would not allow myself to receive such abundance. Frankly, I don't think I deserved it. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, and that's, I really want to speak to that because I mean, mom or not, we all deal with how much we deserve and this guilt. Like I have been really working through that. I leveling up in different areas, really relating to myself as a CEO and leader, getting paid like one, getting loved like one, having a life like one. And there's this deserving conversation that's necessary to have with yourself and seeing where those blocks are. And I think that, you know, I would love for you to share a little bit more, but as mom, there becomes this like martyrdom that just shows up. So speak to that for us. Oh girl. Yeah. I can do martyr like a champ. (laughs) I am awesome at that. I am awesome at martyr. Um, this is so funny. This is so funny knowing you like that you're asking me this question because she totally knows about my martyr. Um, <laughs> yeah, like Abigail has seen me at my worst, at my best, all the pieces. And I get to love you person every, over here. every phase of it. <laughs> yep, yep. It's really hard to be loved all the time, y'all. Really hard to be loved in all your pieces. <laughs> but um, so to the martyrdom, I guess you are speaking right into my heart and the, the reason I do what I do because um, I did martyr myself as a mom for a long time, um, just putting everybody else's needs first. And it was from a place of love and it didn't serve my family. It was terrifying to choose myself because I felt like, you know, I sort of had it that if I chose me, if I chose to take care of myself, if I chose to go pursue my career, that um, someone else is gonna suffer. 
Mm. And I could not do that because I love them. And I was, I was really scared of that. Um, and what I found and what I find every single day is that every time I choose me, they benefit. Mm. Say it again. It Say it very, again to the people in the back. Every time I choose me, everybody wins. It's a chocolate fountain. You pour in from the top and all the tears underneath it get full. <laughs> okay. You pour at the bottom. Right? Like, I love to think about chocolate fountains. Who doesn't love chocolate? Come on, let's talk about yeah, this. Seriously. No. But yeah, actually, I can think of like a very simple example for me last night. Like last night, my husband was really tired. He had calls all day long. And I went to yoga in the middle of the day yesterday, was feeling guilty about it. Because I was like, dang, I've been having, I had like a call with you yesterday. I had various things that, you know, quote unquote, were not work, even though they were completely and totally supporting my own personal growth and development. Yes. Yet I was like, I should be working. You know, that was the conversation happening in my head. Yeah. But I kicked myself out of the door and went to yoga. And when I got home, you know, Ben was just really tired. I could tell he was tired. And I was like, you know, I got her. It's fine. I'll take care of the girl. And I realized, yeah, look, she wins because she gets me at my best. He wins because he gets to rest when he needs it. Mm. And I won because I got to take myself and take care of my body, which my body needed to be taken care of. My body was sore from running on Saturday. It needed a stretch. Yes. And, um, and it was just, it just is a constant reminder to me, like, choose you. And it's not an either or. doesn't mm. mean you win and they lose. Yes. What do you have to say to the mamas who are in that feeling selfish, feeling guilty? Well, cause what shifted, what did you have to do or what did you have to give up? Because you're, I see you're here now and yeah, then she comes up and she's a little inner critic, like, yeah, you shouldn't do that. But you've made shifts. What have you had to do? I think I had to take responsibility. Yes. Yeah. I think I had to, to see my own victimhood. Yeah. I did not like seeing it. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Not my favorite telephone conversation with my coach. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but once I could see, I mean, I guess that, that's what it was really. I saw that it was my responsibility. At some point in time, I remember thinking, caring for me, no one is going to do this but me. It's no one else's job but me to care for me. And if I'm going to wait around and until somebody's like, hey, go to yoga. No, that's not going to happen. So like, am I going to choose to have the best experience of my life that I can and show my daughter? I mean, this is the main thing about becoming a mom that I feel so strongly about and feel like I've talked to so many moms about. It's like, you know, I love working with moms because like there is a fire in there about like who you get to be for your kid and what you're showing them. Mm -hmm. That I believe is the reason that your priorities shift mm -hmm. because you're like, Whoa, hold up. Like, what are they going to learn from me here? And this is the driving fire inside me day to day is like just choosing who I show up as for my child. And that's sometimes, you know, that's not always easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. A hundred percent. And, it's so beautiful that that's what occurs. There's this shift that you step outside of you for a second and realize like I'm impacting, like we walk around in the world, not realizing that we impact everybody we encounter. Right. Either we speak to them or not like our energy, our aura, our force field, what we put out, it impacts everybody. And then mothers, parents get this, this hand delivered gift that like, <laughs> here's how you impact the world. And you, yeah. get, it's put under a microscope or a magnifying glass. And so mm -hmm. what I want to speak about the, go back to the victimhood for a second. You had to see right. that. And then you had to mm -hmm. take responsibility for that because I think mm -hmm. we like explain a little bit more about victimhood for someone who has, it may be a new concept. Where do I start? <laughs> I mean, I, what I had to see was that if I, for example, like if I was exhausted, um, I had to take a look at what was my responsibility and how I got to where I was. Mm -hmm. You know, that's like kind of a process. Once I, I also had to forgive myself over and over and over. I'm still forgiving myself. I mean, I think I forgive myself daily and, um, and heal from that whole process. But I had to let go of the fact that, yeah, yeah, I did create it this way. That's what I knew best. 
at the time I, I chose to make myself a victim. You know, I didn't take care of myself because I actually thought I was doing something loving, which I was technically doing. It didn't come from a bad place. I wasn't trying to be like unhappy and not sourced and yeah. <laughs> exhausted. I just thought I was doing the right thing. What I had to forgive myself for is I didn't know any better mm-hmm. at the time, you know, and now I can say that with such compassion for the woman that I was. Um, I mean, I remember like sobbing recently within the last six months over how much I loved her mm-hmm. and that she didn't, she didn't know any better, you know, but now I was given a tool that was like, Hey, actually there's a different way to do this. And once I think the thing that allowed me to address the victimhood is the possibility that it could be different. I thought that's how it had to be. Yes. And so when someone challenged that and opened my eyes to, you've accepted your victimhood. You've accepted that you're going to be exhausted until Avery is 18 years old. Well, hell no, no, I'm not. <laughs> I am not. Like, I do not like to be called a victim. I do not like to be like, you yeah. accepted your circumstances. Um, you know, I do not like to be told I'm tolerating my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, that brings me, cause the shift that I've seen you go through it. So I'd love for you to share it, but also you are speaking to it is you having your needs met. Tell us the buying the flowers about buying the flowers. <laughs> That's a really good example, Abigail. Thank you for bringing that up. I guess like at some point in time, I've posted some picture of myself on Facebook with this gigantic, gorgeous bouquet of flowers from like farm girl flowers or something like that. They have the most beautiful flowers. I love flowers so much. I love to get them. I love to have them in my office. And um, it was shortly after I had completed a year of mentoring other coaches, training them. It was intense amounts of leadership. I was really proud of myself and I was feeling the need to celebrate. And I realized I was doing this old thing where I was just waiting for someone to celebrate me. I was like, that is so wacky. (laughs) I get to celebrate if I freaking want to celebrate. And so I was like, you know what? I want some flowers. I think I'm going to send them some to myself. I think I'm going to write myself a card. So I did. I wrote myself a card. It's like, Hey, Kristen, I'm so proud of you. You did such a great job. You totally like threw yourself into this, gave it your all. Yeah. (laughs) picture of myself in my kitchen. I was like, you don't have to wait for somebody else to take care of your needs yes. because that's not how it would have gone before. I would have like waited around for someone else to recognize that I needed something and not said anything. Yeah. Like, talk about setting myself up for failure. Yeah. And then I mean, it's sad and bad, you know, yeah, it, it never I'm got not- Right. Cause then it, it, I mean, that's a spirally little staircase, right? Cause then they didn't, and then you feel unheard or unseen and then there's resentment and then there's secrets and then there's withholding, like it just steamrolls. And responsibility is what changes all of that. Yes. And I was like, that is not anyone else's responsibility to celebrate me. Now I I could, and I actually did create, like, I also wanted to be celebrated with other people. And I was like, hello, I would like to be celebrated. And they were like, okay, great. (laughs) It was really funny because they were totally up for it. I just had to ask. Yes. Well, you know, and I had to stop expecting the, like the mind reading (laughs) to go on. That's so perfect. Somehow. <laughs> yes, yes. What? Because like what you're sharing there, like go, it takes us back to a willingness to receive and the right. willingness to let that in because we want it and then mm-hmm. we want people to read our mind and then we're <laughs> mad when they don't. But if we just, like you said, just rose my hand, hey, I mm-hmm. would like this. Like I have definitely organized like my own birthday party before. And the thing is when everyone's there and shows up and it's fun, it's not about like, oh, I did this. I caused this. Like, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Your straight up joy. Man, I got what I wanted. I didn't, it doesn't matter how you get it. Yep. No, it really doesn't, especially when you get to experience it. And then you realize how powerful you are and that you're the creator of yes. your reality. Mm-hmm. Speak to us, girl. When you realize how powerful you are. Like, um, I mean, I even remember there was parts of me that were slightly afraid about sending myself flowers. I didn't want my husband to feel bad. My husband's amazing. You know, he sends me flowers. And at the same time, I was like, I actually really want to do this for me because what I think I realized was like, I want to celebrate myself that actually other people's celebration would be lovely, but the person I was craving it from was me. Mm -hmm. And that was a revelation. Yeah. Yeah. 
I love that because there's so much time, like outside of the celebration, when we are upset with somebody and we have these unfulfilled expectations that we have of someone else, every time we want to cast the blame out there, I'm always asking clients or people I'm working with, like, what's your part in this game? How are you not doing what you want of them? And it's like, I mean, in an instant, the perspective mm-hmm. is like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's such a shift there. And so it, it makes so many things possible and in communication as well, just taking responsibility for people that are, you know, trained to be with you in a certain way. And so they hear they hear you from a certain place once you, especially if you've got a relationship that's been going for a long time. So if you are willing, it's not able, it's willing to take responsibility for how you have always been, then it actually lays the groundwork for a new conversation Mm -hmm. that you can have because you're not coming at them and blaming them and attacking them. You're owning that like, Hey, I know that, you know, in the past, I haven't asked for things that I wanted. And I'm going to change that starting now. Mm-hmm. It's just yes. a different kind of a conversation. That way you're not being like, you've never given me what I wanted. Well, no, that's not the same conversation. <laughs> yep. That is a perfect uh, segue into share a little bit with us about partnership and what that looks like and what's available there. Oh, man. You know, I I like to tell people that when I began being a coach, I thought I was going to go and get trained to be a coach and be like taught a lot of tools. And then I was going to go be like, use them on other people or something (laughs) (laughs) to maybe I needed to address some of my own stuff first. Yes. So awesome. Um, And one of probably the most wonderful and unexpected gift of me having undergone my own personal um, kind of undoing and redoing is that I am in partnership with my husband in a completely and totally different way. Like where we don't react to each other for the most part. I mean, we still do. I mean, I'm a human being. Come on here. (laughs) But but we we communicate in a different way. Um, And I think the reason that our partnership is different is because like that I knew that's what I wanted with him. And so knowing like, I want him to see all of me was terrifying. And I knew it was going to require something completely different from me um, because unknowingly I was just hiding a lot of emotion from him, fears, you know, and as I proceeded through that transformational piece, the more I got okay with myself, the more empowered our partnership became. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, like, that's sort of like a jargony kind of word, but the closer we got, if he was like mad at me about something, I would be, I could be like, is this about you or is it about me? And just be sort of unattached to like the, instead of going straight into the fighting of it or the um, bumping of the heads or needing to be recognized or acknowledged by him. If I can give that to me, it makes me so much more available to the love that he has for me. And I actually, as on receiving, as you mentioned earlier, could I have been able to receive his love in a way that I never, ever could. Right. At one point in time, I literally said to him, whoa, you really love me, don't you? And he's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> like no. that's what I've been trying to tell you. And I was like, oh my God. It was the first time I got it in our whole marriage. Yeah. We've yeah. been together for over 12 years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you can't put a price on that. You can't put like, I don't, I just I almost can't remember what we were like before mm-hmm. a couple years ago. We are, you know, he's my best friend. Mm, it's so beautiful. And, you know, I imagine because we've phases and stages, but opening up yourself to be seen in such a way mm. and going through those first couple steps of like really doing that and the rawness, the vulnerability, like, I really love this conversation, but I also love to just hand it over to our listeners. Like, what can they do to practice this? Mm. Oh, wow. Um, accept yourself. Mm. Practice. I'm practicing. There are still pieces of me I do not accept. Mm-hmm. And I know that's my work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't expect that they'll ever, like, go away. They'll probably always be 
be something that I'm trying to accept in myself. Mm-hmm. But the way to being seen by someone you love and to being connected to them in that deep, intimate way is by being connected to yourself in that way. Mm-hmm. And so I guess like if you're at the starting point, first of all, I send so much love to you for being at the starting point. Mm-hmm. And I'm just present to the beauty of, of that and the beauty of beginning a journey where you um, go inward. You know, it's just, it is such a beautiful journey. And I'm so proud of you brave, courageous people that are embarking on it. It does take bravery and courage yeah. and commitment. Yeah. Um, I'd say the first step is to just sort of slowly, but surely care for yourself in a loving way. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, that's what happened for me. You know, once I started taking a look at how I treated myself, I was like, I would never treat my two-year-old daughter like this. Yep. Once I started seeing the internal conversation I was having with myself, which was not very nice. Yeah. I know. <laughs> very light way of saying it. Um, you know, I was like, good Lord, I would never talk to her like that. I would never be like, you idiot. Why did you do this? And, you know, I was really mean to myself. And so I'd just say, observe what's going on. Yeah. That's what you do. In the work that you do with moms, how do you support them in that transition and like that self-acceptance and walking through those steps? Oh, that's such a good question. I'm going to answer you talking about my groups because that I believe is actually integral in the first step of self-acceptance. And, um, I realized in working with a mom who is very near and dear to my heart, a former client of mine who was pregnant when we began and had a one-year-old baby by the time that we finished coaching together. It was almost two years that we were together. And um, what I realized as she went through her transition of becoming a mother is the how much her identity was challenged by that. You know, once you have a baby, like identity stuff happens where you're like, whoa, I used to just be me. And now I can't even find me because of all the things I'm doing to try to keep this little person alive. And that's very normal. And there's nothing wrong with it. Like you are going to probably, you know, I think most new moms just like, there's a period of time where you're like, I don't know which way is up. And that's totally fine. Um, But then once you come out of it, it's like, okay, it takes some adjusting, right? The thing I was noticing with her is that I considered her to be the crazy, most amazing mother. She's such an incredible human. I was just blown away by her every single time I talked to her. And she thought she was doing a really bad job. And I was like, that's so weird. And what I realized is that um, I couldn't normalize it for her, her experience. And also it wasn't really my job as her coach. And I was like, but what I could do is put her in a group with some other women who are also moms, who are also having this experience and allow her to be seen by them and accepted right as she is because they're going to totally relate to her and they in turn will be able to share and she will see them and realize, oh my God, I'm fine. And that's why I do the work that I do in groups. It doesn't always happen exactly like that, but the experience of being accepted for all of yourself is Mm -hmm. what I got going through my coach training program and what I strive to bring to the people that I coach now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like you can show up feeling like a piece of poo and they still love you. (laughs) Yes. You know, I want to speak to this, the power of group and the power of community because you're right when one-on-one, sometimes that doesn't normalize what you're going through. It's nice to be related to, but to get into a group, there have been so many times where I do same thing, whether it's in motherhood or somewhere else, like specifically for me, it's with being a coach right now, but like you get into these groups and you're like, oh my God, I got this. Like, (laughs) uh, isn't that funny? I'm doing all right. (laughs) Right? Like, what's my problem? I'm cool. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the truth of all humans, right? Like if we actually create and hold space for us to just be mm. together. And then in the more, more you be like what is that? in authenticity too, right. like what, cause I hear what you're saying. Like in, in these group programs, like there's so much intimacy as a coach, you get to hold that container and say like, mm-hmm. here is where you get to show up come Mm -hmm. be messy, come be you, come have your fears and your victories. And it's like, oh, thank you, Jesus, for like that this is available. And so 
Yeah. If someone is so practice, right? Oh, like if yeah. you can show up like that there, mm-hmm. if, we, if we relate this back to partnership, that's where you practice in that group and that container, that safe, confidential space. Yes. Well, if you can practice it with these people, like, can you, and obviously like we, we set practices. That's what we do as coaches. Like, can you take this out on the field and yep. practice this in your life in a, you know, maybe a lower gradient way in a, like a more easy way. Yep. But once you can do it one place, you know, you can do it other places. That's part of what, you know, like, yeah. you're like, ah, I see, I can do this. I can be yeah. vulnerable here. That must I want to say that because I, I just said to my client last Wednesday, I was like, these are the little swings for the big swings. Like you're literally going to apply this lesson 500 more times on brand yes. levels. Right. And it's like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I resonate with that so much. Abigail, I can't even find words. <laughs> well, I want you to tell words about where people can, like, if like these mamas are listening and they're ready to like, just be in that community and be in that environment and learn to accept themselves and forgive and shift and love and oh, yes. through with grace. Like, where can they work with you? How can they find you? Um, well, uh, they can find me on my website. It's www.kb as in Baker coaching.co no M, which is weird for mamas, but yes, I have multiple groups. I've got groups for moms and I've got groups for women who are in leadership who are probably also moms or maybe they're not, but, um, it doesn't actually matter like what your role or title is in my current mom's group. I've got both people who are in corporate corporate America and a stay at home mom, you know? And so it doesn't, it's actually just humans being humans together. It's just the focus of the group. And so like the one group might be just holding space for life essentially. And that will include career relationship, spirituality, self-expression, all the things. Then the other group for my leaders, women in leadership is tailored a little bit more towards what's your leadership superpower? How do you show up? How do you retain your people? Which these are like tools, but it's really about who are you being as a leader and actually arriving in a space where you have other women leaders who are up to big things, um, you know, like a sounding board from these other brilliant people. We rise by lifting others. I mean, everybody knows that. Yes. You know, and it can be lonely at the top, especially with women in leadership. I just want more women there, as many as humanly freaking possible. And if I'm dealing with imposter syndrome, Abigail, and so are you, so are all the other women. Yeah. Actually, I just know it. Like every woman I've met and all of these awesome women in my uh, my networking group near me, we are all having imposter syndrome issues of little old me business. It's like, cool, mm-hmm. let's air that shit out so we can step into our power. Yeah. And you know, something that's really been so present in my life is in this masculine, like corporate or leadership has been lean to the masculine so much that we then as feminine, we're like, well, who am I to blah, blah, blah. Who, how can I blah, blah, blah. But when we actually do embody our womanhood and we bring that to that masculine space, like we don't have to be anybody, but who we are, but we just have to be in our power about Mm -hmm. who we are. We don't have to adapt the strategies that are set in place right now. We can actually lead from love in a fluorescent lit room at a table with desks and chairs. Like we can still bring the golden, the like that rosy light and just love people into their greatness. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, what you say there, like not only do we not have to adapt to the strategies that are currently in place, you better damn believe we better challenge them. Yes. All right. Yeah. Show up. We need you women. Yes. We need you and we need you in the boardroom and we need you in the office. We need you in Congress. We need you everywhere. I mean, like this is the rise of women's leadership that is happening across the country. And basically all I'm doing is providing a container so that they're supported, you yeah. know, that more women are like, cool, this might be big and scary. I'm doing it anyway, because damn it, I got to go do this because the divine feminine energy is what we need. And like, I don't mean to be like, men, you suck. That's not at all my intention here at all. We just need more, more of the feminine energy. And that might be power. That might be love. That might be truth. Mm. That might be vulnerability. It could be, it should show up in so many different ways. Mm. And I can, and I could even say like, men bringing more of their actual feminine energy is what we need as well. I don't mean that has to be women doing it. Of course, you know, I believe that we should be, but you know, 
<laughs> no, I love it so much because there is a balance and, you know, the same way, because like we women exercise our masculine and our feminine so powerfully in order to, there's a lot of survival mechanism in that, but men, men are meant to be men, men are meant to be masculine. And yet they also hold feminine energy. They have creative flow. They have love. They have words that they need to have and feelings that they need to feel. And so right. there's exactly. like, mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. Like if we're holding the space for them to also be able to feel that. And I know like, I think you and I are so blessed. We are surrounded by men who are in touch with their feminine energy, who are just total freaking lovers from their giant, huge hearts Mm. who are, you know, like there has been a rise of men um, being able to, show that side of themselves in the past few years, you know, and I am so incredibly grateful for the men in our lives who are doing that work. You know, I think of my brother who is a coach who is really committed to men being together in vulnerability and actually like being heard and gotten and, you know, like seen Mm. and actually making space for that, you know, like that's, that's not what I do because it's not my experience, but it is so important. And that's why I believe women being in leadership roles are important because men can benefit from that and we can benefit from their energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what you were saying too earlier in the call, like it's there in the corporate world, it's there in politics, it's it's all available. And then it's available still in the home. Like it's yes. not this 1950s version of, you know, but the men need to be the men, but the men need to be able to be tired. Like you said, where you're going to, I got, I got dinner. I got the babe. Chill, go rest, go be tired. Go take a bath. Like that, that men get, get yourself to be, taken care of too. Right. Yes. Cause yeah. Cause men work so hard yeah. and there's all sorts of pieces that I, you know, I could not even fully understand about the pressure to be the breadwinner and the pressure to um, be enough for your family. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, I, that's not my expertise again, but like, thank God there are people out there that are handling that and holding space for men because they, they, that just as much as we do, we are all human beings just trying to do our best out here, you know? Yes, 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 yes. We all of us. And on the piece about women in the home, hell yeah, man. I said this once at a networking event, I was talking to a, another woman across from me. I didn't even know she was a parent. And for some random reason, we were talking about like women, mother leaders, I basically hold it like the case that all women have to be leaders basically at all the time. Like you got to lead yourself, be the leading lady of yourself. And um, in this case, she was like, I said, I think momming is the most intense form of leadership I know. And she busted out laughing and she's like, wow, she was an entrepreneur. And she's like, I feel totally different about myself right now after you said that. (laughs) It's so funny. So I was like, yeah, it's self-leadership. Like if you're going to go lead another little human being around, Dang, you better handle your scandal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that. Well, and you know, I love all these conversations come full circle where like right. that is an abstract form of leadership. It's not like yes. you get the you get the certificate, you have the title, you get the paycheck for that or like blah blah blah, but it's such an abstract form of leadership and it is leadership all the same. It is leadership all the same and it's under-recognized. Yes. Hey mamas who stay at home, holy crap. Your brains are blowing up. I know they're doing it. All the love to you women. Holy crap. I only have one child. Those of you who have more than that, I just don't even know how you do it. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's... But I mean, there's so much leadership in in like leading your home and your family. And what more, what more important role is there? Mm, Right. You know? Yeah. We're just developing humans. That's what you and I do in our business, but that's exactly what a mother does in her home, Mm -hmm. you know, and a father for that Mm -hmm. matter. Yeah. It's perfect. It's so perfect. And so, so is this conversation. And I just want to begin to really wrap this up by saying, like, I love asking the question is, what does it look like for Kristen to be fully embodied in her motherhood and leadership and life? I think when I am fully embodied in my life, you see magic. Um, when I'm there like you seeing me, I'm, I'm, I'm totally completely present to my surroundings and I see magic in everything. And so like, I love being a mother to my child because she reminds me of that innate part of me that is so true for me. Like when I'm walking my dog and I stop and I can see like the bud of a tree, which is right about to burst into 
probably a leaf. And I think it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in the whole world. That's what you see. Yeah. Yeah. Just the, uh, the miracle of life. The miracle of being alive, this amazing privilege that we have in our day to day and that I get to share that with my child. I mean, like, and be like, look at this amazing blade of grass. And I'm not actually trying to be silly right now. This is really how I feel. So I just, I feel like um, very, very lucky that she has the same amount of wonder as a small child um, that on the day to day, I'm just, that, that actually exists within me. And she reminds me of that. And that's mm-hmm. why she's the biggest gift in the whole world. That and a million other reasons that yeah. I love my daughter to the end of the earth. Well, but that's, that's one of my favorite ones is that we get to be kids together, you know? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love that because we do, we get, we get carried away with the quote unquote responsibilities of life. And so we forget to just be a kid and, and enjoy that, that experience. So so we get to play. Yeah. And that, I mean, just see, I can see you, I can just see you playing with her. And so like, thank you for bringing (laughs) that visual. Thank you for bringing this energy and talking to our mamas of the world and like really everybody, every heart, everywhere. This conversation is so powerful because it just encompasses so much of what humans are here or what we're here doing and loving ourselves, accepting ourselves, forgiving ourselves, and then taking responsibility for the quality of our life. Like, I just want to acknowledge you for being someone causing more of that in the world, being a guiding light and a path that people can really walk down safely. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks for unleashing the hearts of America and of all the other countries that you're in now. I've been telling you, like, somebody read this girl's brilliance. But thank God that you're on social media all over the place because I really know um, how much you strive to be Mm. out there and to show your process unedited. (laughs) Unleashed heart, man. All the way. Thank you. And thank you for being someone who helps me unleash my heart. You guys, for two, three years, this woman will pick up the phone when I'm calling a hot ass mess. Oh yeah. That's what we are for each other. Hot ass mess holders. Yeah, it's perfect. So you guys, if you would love to meet Kristen, you'd love to talk to her more about what you're going through and what it would look like for you to really step into all of your beautiful divine feminine power, please reach out kbcoaching.com. Mm-hmm. Dot co. Dot co. No, no M. Yep. No M cross the M. So kbcoaching.co and you can find her Kristen Baker on social media, but really just reach out, reach out. If she moved you today, reach out and let her know it. And oh, yeah, thank you so much for moving. Yeah. Thanks for having me and thanks for listening and thanks for going and getting your life because you freaking deserve it. You do. Thank you, hearts. We love you. Thank you for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast where we are turning dreamers into doers. Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you loved the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, head over to heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, hearts.